You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. The kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but what is it? Righteousness. What else is it? What else is it? Joy in what? In the Holy Ghost. And we said the kingdom of God is not in word, but in? The kingdom of God is not in word, but in? It's power. Everybody shout power. Woo! Can we use some power right now? Well, the Holy Ghost has, has been poured out. Power of God is available. So the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is not in word only. In other words, there shouldn't be, when you preach and teach the word of God, when you hear the word of God, when you speak the word of God, you should expect the power of God. No, you should expect the power of God. This is the deal. As we really speak the word of God, as we really believe the word of God, you should be more surprised when things aren't moving, aren't changing, than you are when it does happen. Because this is normal Christian living. You should be able, you, you, the word of God works. I said the word of God works. If you'll believe it, mix faith with it, it'll produce the desired results. Then God gave us a warning through the apostle Paul to Timothy. He said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, he said, uh, in the last days there'll be people that have a form of godliness. In other words, they'll be very religious. They may say the same things we're saying, but they deny the power of God. In other words, they deny the Holy Ghost the ability to move. Listen to me. They deny the ability of the Holy Ghost to move. They, they'll say things like tongues aren't for today. Miracles are passed away. Yes, the word of God will help you be moral. The word of God will help you do more than be moral. That's wonderful. But the truth of the matter is there's supposed to be power. Come on, the, the, the Bible says the apostles gave witness of the resurrection. What is that? Everything that Jesus did when he was alive on the earth. They went about healing and doing good, just like Jesus did. Everybody shout power. Are you grateful for the power of God? He said, having the, people have a form of godliness. They deny the power thereof. From such, turn away. What? That's really too strong. Don't you think that's a little too strong? It's a little too much. I didn't write it. You didn't write it. Why is that? Because you don't want in the last days especially what you're in. You don't want anything to mess with the power of God in you, the power of God on you, because you're going to need it. Has anyone found out you need the power of God right now? Amen. Are you excited you know about the power of God? Are you excited you know the power of God's in you? Are you full of the Holy Ghost? Have you remember he told them to go wait in Jerusalem till they receive power from on high? The dunamis. Amen. JC sent me this while I was on vacation and I saw it myself. My friend, the old Jimmy Walker. I see him doing a commercial now about dynamite. Hallelujah. Blesses me. Hallelujah. He's old and I'm just a little more older myself. So, but anyway, he looked really old. But anyway, um, I'm telling you, you need dynamite. You need dunamis. What does dynamite do? It blows up things. Amen. You need the power of God to get rid of mountains in your life. You need that power of God. So we're going, are y'all, are y'all ready to cooperate with the power of God? 
Amen. We've been seeing the power of God around here. Wednesday, Sunday mornings, Wednesdays, the last two where the fire falls, saturation meeting tonight. I believe we're going to have a good time. But I want you to know that the power of God is at work. And the reason that the Lord wanted you to have power is because you and I are called to do the works of Jesus. John chapter 14. Let's start right there. John chapter 14 and verse number 12. Jesus said this, verily, verily. Or truly, truly, I say unto you, he that believes on me. Everybody in the room believe on him? Are you born again? Filled with the Holy Ghost? Do you believe on him? Say, I believe on Jesus. Then what are you supposed to do? The works that I do shall you do also. Now, don't let me lose anybody. Are you supposed to be doing the works of Jesus? What did Jesus do? Well, he went about doing good. Healing people. Uh, healing the brokenhearted. Well, I can't heal anybody. No, but he didn't do it on his own either. I, well, he's God. Well, he laid aside his deity, and he walked as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. Same Holy Ghost on you. Same Holy Ghost in you. Not a different Holy Ghost. Not a lesser Holy Ghost. Same Holy Ghost. And what did Jesus say? He said, I only do what I see my Father do. I only say what I've heard my father say. Can you do that? I'm losing some of you. Can you do that? Well, you say, I know most people, most people in the body of Christ don't want to be held responsible for the works of Jesus. But you and I are supposed to be doing it. There's a lost, dying, heathen, away from God, backslidden. And what do they need? Well, if Jesus showed us what to do, like he's our example on the earth, then we're supposed to be doing good. Now, how do you do it? I do it in the name of Jesus. You do it in the name of Jesus. How do we do it? I do it by speaking the word of God. You do it by speaking the word of God. It's not me. It's not by my might. It's not by my power. I can't heal anybody. And I even sometimes watch this. Sometimes people say, well, you're anointed. Well, so are you. Well, you have a strong anointing. So do you. Well, that's just for the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. No, it's not. It's for every one of you. We're going to get to that a little bit today. Hallelujah. Everybody good? So verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes in me, the works that I do, he'll do also, and greater works. I believe the greater works. Now, I don't often give my opinion, but there's not a lot of scripture on this because greater. I don't know. Have, have any of you walked on water? You're going around raising the dead on a regular basis? Um. Greater works, me individually, do I think that I could do something greater than Jesus? I don't really think it means in type or maybe in volume because there's more of us. He was just one person. But I also know this, the greatest thing that can happen to someone is they get born again. And he personally, he made that available, but he didn't get anyone born again in his ministry until after his resurrection and he breathed on them, the, the apostles, the greater works. He said, it's, expedi it's expedient that I go away because if I don't go away, I can't, can't send the comforter. And so, and if I, you know, aren't you glad, G uh, you know, people say, oh, the apostles, don't go anywhere, don't go anywhere. But he says, it's better for you I go away. And so uh, I, I believe the greater works are salvation and getting people filled with the Holy Ghost. Can you do that? Can you do that? Should you be doing that? You are a minister of reconciliation. 
Amen. If you don't know how to do that yet, at least get them in the door and we'll get it done. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then you can go with them to Bible Institute together. Hallelujah. And greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. All right. So let's look at some things then. So um, I want you, um, the power of God through you. I want to talk about the power of God through you. The power of God's in you. The power of God's on you. But right now, what this world needs, what your city needs, what your state needs, what this nation needs is for you to be who you're supposed to be. And that's a believer full of the Holy Ghost who believes in the power of God and knows how to administer it and knows how to cooperate with that power. Not leaving it up to the fivefold ministry. Church really should be more for you and I coming together to celebrate, to learn the word of God so that we can all go and do. So that we can all go and do. This is like halftime at a football game. And right now, don't be looking at the scoreboard. Because you're winners. And we know the end of this score. And we always win. So I'm not, I'm not moved by a year and a half. I'm only moved by what I know God has promised. And we're in revival. And the lost are coming home. And the backslidden are coming back to God. And the church is getting full of the Holy Ghost. And healings are happening on a very regular basis. And the body of Christ is being blessed. And finances are coming in. And we're preparing ourselves for the return of the Lord. And so what do we got to do when it comes to, so the first thing about the power of God is when you have situations, even when you step out, sometimes when you step out to obey God, the devil will kind of raise his head a little bit, especially if not many people are doing it because you stand out. And so you got to be ready for that. And you got to have your own company of believers. So when you get in trouble, don't do trouble by yourself. I said, when you get in trouble, I didn't say if, I said when. Because all those that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And y'all might as well get ready for it. I don't know why you and I think we need them to like us. They don't care if we like them. But I do want them to, lo to love Jesus. Are you, but see, if, if, uh, if I preach the word, then I'm talking about him. The word will defend itself. Just, just anyway, preach it. Hallelujah. So when you get in trouble, you need a company of believers. When things are tough, you need somebody to hang out with who believes like you. You can gather together like we're doing today. Aren't you grateful we can get together? Aren't you grateful we can get together? So... Peter and John, man, gate called beautiful. You know, silver and gold, have an such to have given thee in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk, he did. He leaped, he praised God, and everybody saw him, and a miracle was happening, and everybody was happy. Everybody was happy. Everybody was happy. Everybody was happy. No, everybody was not happy. The, the religious people of the day were not happy. And so um, they, they put uh, Peter and John in prison, and they said, and pointed their little finger at him and said, you will not bring that man's death on our head. Because it's not our fault. We're not and we don't want to hear it. 
And you are no longer, even the, see, the devil knows. He was trying to, okay, I got to get with these religious people. We got we to get some rules in order. And one of the rules is nobody talks about the name of Jesus. Nobody says Jesus. We don't want to think about Jesus. We don't want to hear Jesus. But they grabbed a hold, the church grabbed a hold of, that. It's in because he said, if you'll do this in my name. Because he already had them practice, this 12 and the 70, he had them practicing. And even before the resurrection, the name of Jesus caused demons to bow, caused them to come out, and caused people to get healed. And so they already knew it, so it was too late. And remember this Peter and John, uh, the, the, the religious people said, these, these are just ignorant men. Ah, I'm glad to be an ignorant man. Hallelujah. Just ignorant men. But they took note of him that they'd been with Jesus. And silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus. Everybody shout, in Jesus' name. And what happened? That man rose up and he walked and leaped and everybody saw it. And then they put him in prison and said, don't you preach or teach anymore in that name. And so what did, what did Peter and John do? They said, you know what? That's all right. Our Facebook friends are mad at us and we just need to back off. We, we, don't, want to be, we don't want to be too out there with the word of God. We just need to cool off. We need to chill. We need, you know, we need to be. Anyway, that's not what happened. What did they do? They gathered together with all their Facebook friends, and they decided this. They decided, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to get together and pray. And when they prayed, what happened? Their place was shaken. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. They were all assembled together. Verse 31 of Acts chapter 4. And, they were, and when they prayed, the place, how many know prayer is important? Being on the wall is important. Be, prayer groups are important. You praying at home is important. Your children need to see you pray. I said your children need to see you pray. They don't just need to see you gripe. They need to see you pray. They need to see you confessing the word of God. They don't need to see you just wringing your hands. They need you to speak the word of God. They need you to pray. Walk around your house, pray in other tongues. Hallelujah. And when they prayed, the place was shaken. The Holy Ghost, the power came. When they were assembled together, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. I thought they were already filled. You can get refilled. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Listen, when you are full of the Holy Ghost, it's easier to speak the word of God with boldness. And when you speak with the word of God with boldness, things got to move. Demons got to move. Problems got to go. Sickness has to leave. Problems got to go. They got to go. They got to go. As you speak boldly in the name of Jesus with the word of God. And the Bible says, And the multitude of them believed with one heart and one soul. Neither said They didn't have anything on their own, but they had all things in common. Verse 33, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. The first thing I want you to know is when you get the power of God in you, you should get bold. I did not say arrogant. I said bold. There's a difference between arrogance. Arrogance is obnoxious. Boldness brings the power of God. In other words, bold to say who Jesus is. Not bold about yourself. You can't do anything on your own. You are nothing. You know nothing. You can't be nothing. But we're not in our own selves anymore. I'm not in me anymore. I'm in him. And in him I can do all things. I know all things. I'm strong in him. And I know his word works. Come on. Well, you know, uh, Pastor... It's, it's just, you know what, you know, people just don't want to hear it. But the truth of the matter is they don't want to hear religion. They don't want to hear your opinion. But if you give them the pure word of God, it'll change their life. Because that's what God works off of. Amen. So how many of you know, 
as, as you assemble together, anytime you can, just come and expect to be refilled and receive power, and you can be bold. Bold, not arrogant, bold. Hallelujah. Then um, I want to take you to this. So um, I want to show you an example of a bold believer. I love this guy. I cannot wait to meet him. Acts chapter 9. This is the account of a man named Saul. You know this account. Remember what, who Saul is. Saul, before he comes Paul, is a very religious person who's taken it upon himself to clean up the way. To clean up Jesus' followers. How is he doing it? He's putting them in prison. He's having them killed. Right? He stood there and approved Stephen stoning. He's a bad guy. Thinks he's doing right. The Bible says later about him, he did it in ignorance and unbelief. He thought he was right. Listen, there's a lot of people who are not born again who think they're right. They really do. They think they're right. And that's why they do and say what they do. But you and I know because maybe you were there before. I know when I was, I got born again at 12, backslid at 16, went through college backslidden, began to think different, began to believe different. And I thought I had been enlightened from that little bitty country church. Didn't know much about much. Just knew their little ways, you know what I mean? I'd become to the big university, and now I'm enlightened. Figured out there's many ways to God, not just one. I mean, you know, that was very wrong. But the people who taught me that really believed it. They were really wrong and really did a lot of damage, but they believed it. So we got to change their belief. And how do you change someone's belief? You show them a resurrected Jesus, not a religious one. Someone who works daily in your life, not just on paper. Someone who will help you raise your children, fix your crazy spouse. It's all right. Say amen inside. Hallelujah. I'm the crazy spouse. We all need changed. But it can't be done naturally. I'm not opposed to counseling. Two years of counseling, maybe it'll help somebody. Five minutes in the presence of God will change somebody's life forever. The real presence of God. Amen. So we got this guy. So we got Paul. He, he, he's a bad guy. And I really believe uh, later you find out he had relatives that were born again. I believe they begin to pray for cousin or second cousin removed um, Saul, who was going around killing Christians and putting them in prison. And so, you know, the account, Jesus comes, stops him. I believe that happened because people prayed. And uh, remember, he had his conversation, and uh, he's like, um, Jesus said to him, uh, verse 4, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he's like, this is interesting. He said, who are you, Lord? In other words, he had such an encounter with somebody bigger than him. That's what they need. They need an encounter with somebody bigger than them. They need a, a reality of who God is. And then um, and he said, I'm Jesus whom you persecute. 
it's hard for you to kick against the pricks or the goads. Uh, those are those, like what, you, know, you go into a, um, a parking area, you know those, those things that stick up, and if you go the wrong way, they puncture your tires? That's what this is. It's exactly the same thing. Why are you kicking against these things? You know, they're trying to keep you out, but you're just going over them anyway, and, and you're in trouble. Um, and he said to him, uh, he said, arise, go into the city, and, you're, and you'll be told what to do. So, you know, he's blind from the glory. Uh, he's, uh, he just saw Jesus. Who is, you know, Jesus just told him who he is. He's got to be confused. He's got to be wondering what in the world. And then he's got to be, you know, um, um, because he talks about letting go of those things that are behind so he could press. I mean, he's dealing. Man, this was real. I did all this. What is this? And so the Lord sends a super apostle to help him. A super prophet to help him. The biggest pastor of the day. It's interesting to me. The Lord taps on little, <laughs> this guy Ananias, who we hear from one time. He's just a regular old believer, if there is such a thing. My point to you is, I think the body of Christ has been told too long, this is for the apostles, this is for the prophets, this is for the evangelists, this is for the pastors, the teachers. And I think that's why we have too many people sitting on their blessed assurance. Singing how great thou art and not doing anything for God. Come on, y'all. If we're going to do this, we're going to have to do it together. Amen. Come on. I'm looking for some Ananiases in the room. <laughs> no, I really am. I'm looking for somebody, if the Lord taps you in the shoulder and says, go do this. this let's look ahead. He, uh, and there was a certain disciple, verse 10 in Damascus. We're talking about the power of God. Talking about the power of God. Ananias was obviously born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. The Lord said to him in a vision, and so he was open. Ananias, he said, behold, I'm here, Lord. And he said, the Lord said to him, arise, go into the street, which is called straight. Oh, these are specific, specific things. Inquire in the house of Judas. Told him what house to go to. For one of Saul of Tarsus, for he, behold, he prays. And he's seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in, put his hands on him that he might receive his sight. And Ananias answered, you know, they've got a real good relationship. Lord. I've heard by many of this man how much evil is done to the saints of Jerusalem. And here he has the authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on his name. So in other words, he's like, because um, he's having a vision, he's like, for real? You want me to do what? He has the authority to put me in prison. Do you not know that? And the Lord spoke to him. How many know the Lord called him to do this because the Lord could trust him? He didn't call James. He didn't call Peter. They had other assignments. There was someone right there who was available. Every shout, I'm available. But you got to be available with the power of God because you can't walk into a Saul and turn him into a Paul without any power. You can't help someone who's backslidden or lost without the power of God. Thank God for the power of the Holy Ghost. And the Lord said to him, go your way, for he's a chosen vessel unto me. He'll bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and children of Israel, for I'll show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went. How do you obey God? Whatever he says, you do. 
If you want to walk in the power of God, whatever God whispers to your heart, whatever unction you feel, you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. Come on, just do it. God, do it. You can't. Well, I got to figure it out. No, you don't. No, you don't. How are we going to turn this water into wine? How, how is that going to work? That is molecularly impossible. We can't do that. You don't even got any grapes. How are you going to do that? Come on, Jesus, explain to me how. Explain to me how. After you explain to me how you're going to do this, then I'll do it. No, he doesn't have time. And he might have time. He has lots of time. But he, he doesn't have to tell you everything because faith does what he says. I don't know, but have you ever argued with the Lord? I would love to say I've never argued with the Lord, but of course I've argued with the Lord. I try to tell him all the time how he should do stuff. Well, if you do this and this and this, then I can do this. And a lot of times he doesn't argue, he just repeats. And there's a lot of times, and I've tried to show you this in the ministry, that you can't get to a thing until you do the first thing. I've had many times when the Lord will tell me, it happened Wednesday night again. I was arguing with him about something. I'm like, Lord, she won't like that. I know she don't like that. I don't want to call her up. She won't like it. Um, I know her. She won't like it. And he's like, well, okay. Just, I'm like, okay, fine. And so I did it. And then as soon as I did it, two or three things popped right after it. So you can't get to the next thing until you do the first thing. Stretch forth your hand. I can't. Stretch forth your hand. Rise up and walk. I can't. If I could, I would. No, if the Lord says you can do it, then you can do it. He says you're a minister of reconciliation. He said the power of God's on you. So just like Ananias. So he went his way and entered in the house and put in his hands on it and said, Brother Saul, the Lord even Jesus that appeared to you in the way as you came has sent me and that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately. My point is this. When you get full of the Holy Ghost, you don't have to have a title. You don't have to have a business card. You just have to have a Jesus. You just have to have a word, and you can go and do. Come on, you can go and do. You can go and do. How cool is it that everybody knows who Paul is, and they can't wait to meet him? I can't wait to meet Ananias. His line is probably going to be empty at the meet and greet in heaven. But without an Ananias, there is no Paul. No, the Lord would have done something else. Maybe nobody else. Maybe, I don't even know if he tried to get somebody else, but Ananias obeyed. He's obscure. He had one moment, and then he fades away. But he's not faded away in heaven, I can guarantee you that. Because just because he did that, I believe he's accredited with everything that the Apostle Paul did. I would love to have been the Sunday school teacher that got Billy Graham born again. Big deal. It is a big deal. What if she hadn't? What, what, if, what if his pastor or didn't encourage him? And get, Come on, we're all in this together. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all. I, I, I know I don't get to stand with you at the judgment seat of Christ, but I'd sure like to be, I want to be an earshot. Hallelujah. I want to see what you've done. We got things to do for God. Hallelujah. And what do you need? You need the power of God to do it. Hallelujah. All right. I have, I have a whole nother sermon, and I knew I wasn't going to get to it. I'm just kind of finishing up where I was. But um, I want to look at something. I want to let you look at Acts chapter 12. I often teach on this when I teach on prayer, but I'm talking about the power of God. I'm talking about the power through you. 
So the power through you happens when you get together and you wait and the Holy Ghost refills you. And then you go out of that place in power and, and you witness the works, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The power of God can work through you individually. You don't have to be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. You just got to be you who believes in Jesus. And when the Lord taps you on the shoulder, when he asks you to do something, you just got to be bold and do it. Well, Pastor Mark, I've done things that just didn't seem to work out. Well, join the club and get up and do it again. Hallelujah. Well, I'm just not perfect. I'm waiting I'm wait until I arrive at perfection. Well, you're never going to do anything. Pastor Rhonda can tell you I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not perfect. I always joke and say she is. I see that she snuck in. She really is close. Hallelujah. But I'm not. And the Lord still uses me. Not because of me. It's him. He'll use you. Come on, you ready to help some people? What do you need? You need the power of God working through you. You need the power of God working through you. Do you have the power of God in you? It's the power of God on you. Let's get it through you. Let's get it through you. One of the ways you can get it through you, this is a good way to start, is prayer. Now, um, how many know the Bible says in James 5, the prayers of a righteous man make tremendous power available. Amplified Classic says, tremendous power available, dynamic in their workings. So when you and I as righteous, the guy are righteous people in the room. Hallelujah. Go to Bible Institute. Raquel will teach you how to be righteous. Hallelujah. Because the word teaches us we are righteous. It is a big problem in the body of Christ today. We don't, people are trying to arrive at righteousness through works. But you arrive at righteousness because you believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. You, if you're born again, you, you, you are been made righteous. And being made righteous puts you in a place in prayer that others who don't understand that do not have. When I pray, when you pray, when we watch and pray together, when we're on the wall together, when we agree together, when righteous people pray, tremendous power is made available. Now look, look, it's made available. The person that it's made available to, the city that it's made available to, the nation that it's made available to have to receive it. But it's our job to make it available. And the only way to make it available, one of the ways to make it available is through prayer. That's why I don't like it when people say, well, you know, I don't need you to pray for me. I need you to do something. Me praying is me talking to God, making power available for you to grab a hold of. You want me to pray for you. They want us to pray for them. They want us to pray. They just don't understand because they've seen prayer religiously where people talk this way instead of this way. Remember the Lord told me a long time ago, he said, do not use prayer to chat with people. Use prayer to talk to me. That's what it's for. That's the vehicle where you release your faith, where you talk to me, and when you ask me to do something so I can legally move. So prayer is not some formality. Prayer is something we do. We're talking to God. And when we get together to talk to God, then things change. The prayers of a righteous make tremendous power available, dynamic in their working. And look at this now at the t verse, chapter 12, verse 1. Now at the time Herod, the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. There's great persecution going on. Unfortunately, he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison, delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him. Why? Because they're always all getting out all the time. Intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison 
but prayer. If you're full of the power of God and you believe that when you pray, power is produced, this is the kind of thing that can happen. We need to see more of this in the last days where we get together, where we pray, where we believe. And so prayer was made without ceasing in the church. So prayer then, verse 7, talks about an angel coming. Remember, Peter got up. Then he got out and he walked through that gate and all that kind of stuff. And that's cool. Hallelujah. And then he, 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 when he passed the first and the second ward, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city. Come on, this is back way in the day before you could walk up to the grocery store and the door open in front of you. I mean, this, see, that, that kind of technology was in heaven before it came to the earth. That technology was in heaven because I, I don't know if an angel laid down a mat and Peter stepped on it and the door came open. I don't know how they did that on that, you know, quick little minute. You know, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Or there was another angel opened the door. I don't care how it happened. I'm just saying that the gate opened for him and then he came to himself. And remember, he went to the house of John Mark's mom. Uh, uh, Verse 12, and he considered these things and came to the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark, whose surname was Mark, where they were gathered together praying. Prayer is a way for us to release the power. It's very important right now. You as a family, a husband and wife, pray together. You as a family, pray together. You got a challenge? Don't keep it from your children all the time. Give them what the word says. Tell them what the, and we're going to pray together and we're going to watch the power of God move. We're going to watch the power of God move. Amen. Coming around here, praying together, it brings the power of God. One of the things the devil's trying to do right now is separate people, keep them from praying together. It's important. You can pray by yourself. It's good. That's great. But there's something about corporate prayer. There's something about when a group of people come together and work with one another, especially in the realm of the spirit, praying in other tongues. It produces a power that you can't produce on your own. How do I know that? One puts 1,000 to flight. Two puts 10,000 to flight. And see, if the devil can separate and divide, not even mad at one another, just, you know, separated. Find out, figure out a way to get together. Hallelujah. Figure out a way to pray together. Amen. Hallelujah. So um, there's power in prayer. Um, and then I want to look at this. Of course, always running short on time. You'll be back next week, won't you? Because yes. I, I really have a whole other sermon that I didn't get to. It's in here. It's in a brand new book even. I wrote it out just for you. Luke chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. This is talking about John the Baptist. (laughs) For he shall be great, verse 15, in the sight of the Lord. and I'm talking about the power of God. And shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even in his mother's womb. Now you all know the count. Mary, overshadowed by the power of God. Jesus conceived in her womb, a virgin. Her her older cousin, Elizabeth, Her husband is the high priest, an angel. Gabriel comes to him and says, you're going to have a son. And he's like, "Uh uh-uh. And the angel said, well, you can't talk about it because you're going to mess it up. So he caused him to go silent. And Elizabeth was like, hallelujah. And so he can't talk. And the whole time, you know, so there's no talking. He can't, his tongue, so he doesn't mess anything up. And... uh, (laughs) 
Don't you wish? Never mind. And anyway, so uh, don't be wishing for that kind of stuff. Anyway, but I'm telling. So, so here we got him. And the thing of so do you remember when Mary comes to Elizabeth's house and, and, the, and John the Baptist leaped and was filled with the Holy Ghost in her womb, just like, just like was said. So how cool is that? I have people tell me around here that sometimes when, uh, you know, uh, when babies come out, they, moms and dads tell me, they swear that those babies can recognize my voice because they, they listen to me and they're in the womb. Well, they're, they're alive. Hallelujah. And uh, so he's filled with the Holy Ghost. Are you filled with the Holy Ghost? And many of the children of Israel shall turn, he turned to the Lord their God. And he shall go before the spirit, the power of Elijah. All right. So number one, I, I want to just take this. And I remember when the Lord dealt with me about this in the last days, because John the Baptist is a type of uh, people in the last days. He prepared for the first coming of the Lord, you and I to prepare for the second coming. And so we're, we're, we're supposed to be doing some things. Watch, what'll happen. Watch what the power of God did on him, and I believe the power of God is going to do on you. And it says, And many of the children of Israel shall be turned to the Lord their God. So this is what I believe about you. Many people that you come in contact with because you have the power of God in you and on you are going to turn to the Lord. Do you believe that about you? Do you believe that about you? Can at least get you to get neutral about it. Hallelujah. But do you believe it? Some of you believe it. Do you believe it? Everywhere you go, you bring the presence of God and people are turned to the Lord. And he said, go before, you shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Mm, I don't have time to teach on it all. But, but I'm telling you, I believe in the last days, men are going to rise up and get in their place. Men are going to rise up and get in their place. And I believe it's a key to fix this generation that's coming up. And even if it's too late for their natural fathers, I believe fathers and mentors are going to grab a hold of young men and young women. Hallelujah. It's going to turn the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. I believe, I believe that the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that was on John the Baptist, the same Spirit that was on Elijah, the same Spirit that was on Paul, the same Spirit that was on Jesus, is in you, is on you. You know, a lot of times we're waiting on God. Lord, we just, we need you to move. We want you to move. But I think a lot of times he's waiting on us just to take him at his word. Listen, y'all, I'm not saying that, you know, you're going to, if you cooperate with the power of God, you're going to get a worldwide ministry. You're going to become Reinhard Bonnke or Catherine Kuhlman. But God has sent you to people at your workplace, at your school, at the baseball field, at the football field, at Walmart, at Kroger, at the gas station in the neighborhood while y'all walking your dogs. To anybody and everybody, look for the opportunity. Look for the opportunity. Look for the opportunity to share with someone what changed your life. 
share with someone what changed your life. The power of God through you is an amazing thing. The power of God through you is an amazing thing. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.